God has for us uh, this coming this this year. And uh, the first service, Brother Cooper said this is the first time he's been in church all year. And uh, so uh, we need to start the year out right. And I'm glad that all of you are here today. And uh, I'm glad that I'm here. I'm glad that God's here. And I'm looking for God to do great things this, this year for us here at the First Pentecostal Church. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Proverbs chapter 29. Proverbs chapter 29, verse number 18. And i best to try to give you what the Lord has laid on my heart. Feeling this for quite some time, and I don't believe there's any better time than the first Sunday of the year to preach what the Lord has given me today. Proverbs chapter 29, verse number 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, Happy is he. See, where there is no vision, the people perish. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask God to help us today. God, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness, for your mercy, for your blessings today. We ask you, God, to help us this morning. God, open our minds, open our hearts, open our spirits to the understanding and knowledge of your word. We could receive what you would have for us today, or we could be what you would have us to be. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said amen. I want to talk to you this morning for a few moments from this subject, the need for a vision. The need for a vision. I believe today, or I don't only believe, but I know that it is extremely important that we have a vision. I look at people in the world today, and uh, I see a lot of folks, and I've talked to a lot of folks, and I, I've read about a lot of people that seem to have no vision. They uh, automatically think, and when we look at, at life in general today, we remember the good old days. How many remembers the good old days? Anybody remember the good old days? I wasn't there in the good old days, but I know I've heard a lot of talk about the good old days. They tell me that in the good old days you had no air conditioning. They tell me in the good old days that you had to... Uh, pick cotton by hand. They tell me in the good old days that um, you didn't have a vehicle, you rode a horse and buggy. <laughs> they tell me in the good old days they walked to church. They tell me in the good old days when you come to church you sat on benches that were not benches, they were wood slats that people had put together and everybody must stand at the same time. They tell me in the good old days there was no such thing as lights. You had brush harbors, you had uh, all of these elements that you had to deal with. That was in the good old days. 
got me a little confused myself. When I stick my key in the ignition of my vehicle and it starts, and if I want hot air, it comes out. If I want cold air, it comes out. I don't even have to roll up the windows. I just mash a button and it goes up or it goes down. I don't have to fight when I turn it. It's got power steering. When I get into the house, if it's too hot, I turn it a little cooler. If it's too cold, I warm it up a little bit by the touch of a finger. What could be better than that? <laughs> the good old days. Man, if they want to pick cotton today, they jump on a $100,000 combine and it picks row after row after row, multiple rows at a time. If they want to plow, they don't worry about hooking up the mule. They hook up the John Deere. They sit in the cab with air conditioning blowing in their face and the stereo blaring and they run down the... Man, the good old days. The good old days. And uh, they tell me that when vehicles, when they first started getting vehicles, that you would start them up if they would start and uh, you would drive them a few miles and you would have a flat. And uh, you would, uh, you would, uh, you know, drive a few miles and you would break down. You'd have to stop by a creek, run out in the creek, get some water, come up there and pour on the engine or pour in the radiator to try to cool it down. That was the good old days. Um, that's what, you know, we, we can remember uh, a lot less, probably, a lot less stress than what you have today. But a lot of things that we, we suffer as stress is self-inflicted stress because we stretch too much. And uh, we like too many things that we should not have, probably. And uh, some things must take time to have. But, but we, all, we all can look at the way things used to be and we can find that there are a lot of things that we would like to go back to. There is some things that I would like to go back to. And uh, if I had my choice, I tell my kids, if I had my choice, I would go to about nine or ten years old and stay. I didn't have to worry about anything. I was not concerned about much at all. What I was concerned about with was the worst thing that I had to worry about was getting up and going to school. And um, then I didn't have to worry about eating. They would call me when it would be time to eat. I didn't have to worry about taking a bath. My mama always worried about that for me. And I didn't have to worry about a lot of things. That would be the perfect age, but it is impossible to stay that way. When we were that old, we could not wait until we got to be 13. When we got 13, we could not wait to be 16. When we got 16, we could not wait to be 18. When we got 18, we could not wait to be 21 because nobody is going to tell me what to do. I am going to be my own man. And then you got married. Either way, you have somebody telling you what to do. You may not like it, but they always got their input in your life. So there is, there is a, a lot of things that we can look at today as, as being, it was better yesterday. Yesterday, last year, year before last. Man, you remember back when. 
Man, they don't make cars. How many's ever heard that? They don't make cars like they used to. Thank God. You can drive a car 300,000 miles and keep on the trucking. You wouldn't do that back in the 50s, brother. <laughs> You'd be done replaced the engine four or five times. And uh, they, they make them a little quieter. They make them a little tighter. They make them ride a little better. Man, so some of them's got heaters. BMWs don't have heaters. We found out that this week. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so so when we look back, we remember things of being so good that probably were not quite as good as the way we remember them today. We were living in that present time, and we were facing those present situations. But. I, I think it's good to look back every once in a while and we remember a lot of things and and uh, we always want to remember history and you always want to study history because if you do not, it will surely repeat itself. So there is importance in looking back. But then there is an importance and emphasis we need to put on in looking ahead and still having a vision. I look at people today, and uh, this is what I was going to say before I got sidetracked with all that other, uh, but we look at people today that they have no vision, and they cannot envision themselves in doing better. Every day that you listen at the news, I, I, was, I was in my house of, month or so ago, and I got a phone call. How many ever gets those phone calls from all of those people wanting to sell you things, wanting to, to make you rich, and wanting to make you wise, and wanting to make you healthy? Well, um, the Zogby poll, I believe it's the Zogby poll call, and they wanted to take a survey of what I thought about a lot of different things. They said, you got a minute or two? I said, sure. Twenty minutes later, I'm still on the phone answering goofy questions. But it was kind of interesting. It got me to kind of thinking, and I think they were shocked by the way that I thought and uh, the way that I, I've seen things. And, and uh, so I, I asked them, they said, well, what do you think? I said, you're not going to ask me how I feel about politics? They said, not in this poll. I said, would you please call back? And uh, they did, and I did, and I felt much better. I don't think it did any good, but I felt better. And uh, so, so they, they called back and they asked, how, how, do you, how do you compare yourself on a rate of 1 to 10, where, what, the way that you are living life now? 10 being the best, 1 being the worst. So I, I began to tell them the way that I felt, and they said, how do you envision yourself being better off or worse off in five years? I said, I envision myself of being a lot better off. If I didn't, I'd go ahead and give up now. But I think about people that, that they have no vision of things getting better in their life. They seem to have no hope. And uh, the scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 in verse 
Number 19, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, if in this life only, if in this life here that we are living today, if we only had hope in Christ here, we are of all men most miserable if we had hope in Christ here only. But I am not just concerned about here, but I am really concerned about the hereafter. And I, I feel today in, in my response to a lot of things that I see and things that I hear is that people are not really concerned about the hereafter like they are concerned about the here now. And if this was all there was, man, if, if just when this was over, and I know a lot of people would like it to be this way, that just when we died in this, this physical body burned out, that that was all there was to it. I know some of you would like that because you wouldn't have to worry about the hereafter. But let me tell you, it's not going to be that way. You are going to spend eternity somewhere. There is, there is an element, there is people in this world that are taught how to live off of government assistance all their life. That is all they hear. That's all they know about another program. And, and America has some tremendous programs, but, but what we have come up with has, has devastated a group of people. That, that's all they know is what I can get out of the government and they can never envision, hey, this is America. There is much more in store. I don't have to stay like this all of my life. And I'm not, I'm not degrading people that has to have government assistance, but it should only be for a period of time in your life. You cannot get to the place where you are accustomed. That's all there is to life. Just living on the bottom. I heard one person make mention of someone and uh, they said they, um, see how they put that, uh, they, they uh, did not just go to the bottom or they did not go to the dogs. They were just born on the bottom and they liked it there so they stayed. Well, you know, it doesn't matter where you are born as long as you have a vision of I am not going to stay where I'm at. And they have asked a lot of people in, in a lot of different polls, do you, do you, as asking my generation, and now it is the next generation, do you envision yourself of making more money than your parents did? The majority says, no, I don't think that I ever will. And you know what will happen? The majority never will. Because they have no vision. They have no vision of doing better, reaching something. They have no goals set in their life. That I, I, I was born in the slums and I, I shall stay in the slums. I, you don't have to do that in America. There are people that are risking their lives to come over to this country that people 
degrade and people ridicule and people talk about and they are risking their lives. Why? Because it is a place of opportunity. It is a place of hope. It is a place of peace. It is a a place that gives you the opportunity to succeed in life. But people, I, I, I remember a few years ago, I was working in Mississippi, and uh, we went to a doctor's house. And, you know, a lot of doctors of our different uh, nationality than what uh, we are. And uh, they had come from India, and, man, they had this huge house and, and uh, beautiful place that, that they had built there. And, and we began to talk to uh, this doctor, him and his wife both were doctors and we begin to discuss things about where they come from and he said people over here do not appreciate America like they should. He said I absolutely love this place. He said it is the best place in the world. He said you see what I have. You see the house. You see the cars. You see the furniture. You see my family. He said when I Landed in America. I had one little bitty suitcase. But I had a vision of doing a whole lot more once I got here. Amen. I am so thankful that God has allowed me to be born in such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful country. But he did not come with his hand stuck out. What are you going to give me today? Pass another bill that gives me more assistance. It's breaking the back of the country of the working man. The scripture just, I I read something, some kind of book that I was reading one time. said something about people that don't work shouldn't eat or something like that. But but, uh, vision, vision. Now don't get me wrong, I believe in helping people in need. I help a lot of people in need, but periods of time in your life, you have got to get a vision. I don't want to be on drugs. I don't want to be bound to alcohol. I don't want to be a slob. I don't want to, I don't want to be a bum. I've got a vision of one day driving a nicer car, one day living in a nicer house, I don't, I don't ever want to get to the place where I envision myself as reaching the peak of my life. When I reach the peak, I want to slide on over into another world and go on and get my reward that the Lord has. Let me move on. I'm taking way too much time. I think about people today with no vision. What is vision? Vision, vision and a dream are a lot of like. And um, you can have a dream while asleep, or you can do what they call daydream. And you can have dreams while awake. But a vision is the power to see something that is not actual. You see things happening that has not yet happened yet. You see things taking place that... This is what I'm going after. This is what I am reaching for. This is what I am striving for. And a lot of you guys, you younger guys, you 
You have dreams and visions of seeing yourself with the most beautiful woman in the world. I hope you do. That's a good vision to have, especially in these days that we're living in. You young ladies, envision yourself. And then these young men, they're not only envisioning themselves being with the most beautiful lady in the world, but saying, would you mind going and getting me a glass of water? I am so thirsty. And sitting on the couch waiting for her to serve you that cool glass of you ladies envision yourself a marrying someday. Lord, by the time I'm 18, Prince Charming. And him pulling up in his limousine and picking you up. That's only on the wedding day. That thing's rented for $500 that day. That's all. It's over after that. So don't get your hopes too high. Man, I have got it made. He is going to supply me with all the things that I have dreamed of. I can go to Dillard's. I can go to Sykes Fifth Avenue. I can go to Neiman Marcus. I can go to all of these Paris. I can go to Hawaii. I can go to all of these places because I have, I have envisioned myself marrying the love of my life. And then when you get married. <laughs> oh, they send those things in the mail that's in those little envelopes that says your Dillard's card is way overdue at 21.2% interest. Some of you probably don't even know what that is. You will find out what interest is one day. But I still have credit cards. Why won't they let me use them? I still have plenty of checks. Why? Why can't I still be? These are things that we envision and that is good. We should dream. The scripture says in Joel chapter 2 and verse number 28, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Brother Josh was teaching about that this morning. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. That doesn't mean that when you get old it's over with. A dream and a vision is a lot alike. The only thing, you just sleep more than you used to in the day. At night, you're up. At 4 o'clock in the morning, you're up. At 8 o'clock in the morning, you're ready to take a nap. And uh, so you just dream. So you just sleep. But you still have a, a dream, a vision that is still pushing you, that is still drawing you, that is still something. It's not over yet. Let me tell you today, no matter how old you are, it's still not over yet. And don't let the devil tell you that God is absolutely through with you and you can't do anything for God. God still has a work for each and every person in this house this morning. And then, your young men shall see visions of what what I am, sometimes we dream dreams. We dream dreams of what is a before and we dream dreams of what is behind us. When we look at visions, it's something that has not actually happened to us yet that we are desiring it to happen. And then we find that some visions will leave us absolutely speechless. We look at, at Jacob and uh, 
I'm trying to hurry. I've got a lot to say this morning. I'm trying to go. But but just give me a little bit of time. We see that that um that he dreamed a dream. He he was a man that was dreaming dreams of what it's what it's gonna be like. Man, I I've seen all these bales of hay and they all begin to bow to mine and and uh it made his brothers angry and when you start when you start putting forth your vision of what what God has got and what God has laid on your heart, sometimes it will scare people, sometimes it will upset people, sometimes it will ride out and make people want to kill you to get rid of your vision that God has given you. When you start telling about your vision, people will tell you why it will not work, why you can't do it, why it will never fly, why you will never get that pass, because they don't like a change in any direction. All change is not bad change. There is change that is bad, but all change is not bad change. If we always do what we've always done, we will always have what we've always done. So sometimes we have to move out and move into what God is drawing us to. Now, I know that scares some of you slap to death. I'm not charismatic. I'm not going charismatic. And, and change is not charismatic, isn't it? Amen. Some things are just... You've got to move. You've got to do things. If we stand still, we will die. It's harder to stand still than it is to walk. Just try standing all day. You'll find yourself rocking back and forth. People in weddings pass out because they can't stand that long. Bride and the groom pass out for other reasons. But but we we look at at these things and 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 vision what what is it 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 got it got this young man thrown into a pit but when he kept his dream alive it brought him to the place that God ultimately wanted him to be we find that vision sometimes when God gives you a vision it will absolutely leave you speechless we find this in Luke chapter 1 in verse number 21, it says, And when he came out, speaking of Zacharias, when he came out, he could not speak unto them, and they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple. For he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. Why? Because he had got a glimpse of what was to come. He had seen something far far above what they had experienced in the past. And it left him, Zacharias, absolutely speechless. <clears throat> I don't know that it was, it may have been the fact that he was elderly and his wife was elderly and she was going to bear a son. That might leave a lot of people speechless. But there... God began to tell him what was going to happen in the future. And it just took his speech away. Because I don't know if it was the fact that God just did not want some things told. Or if some people would look at him like he was an absolutely 
idiot that he had lost his mind because of the things that God had told him. But vision is important. We look at Elijah, Ahab, and Elijah's servant. We find this in 1 Kings chapter 18. There is a lot of things that happened in 1 Kings chapter 18. We find that there was a trout in the land. We find that Elijah went up to the mount and he challenged the prophets of Baal to bring fire down from heaven and consume the sacrifice. We find that the prophets of Baal were not able to produce and they began to kill the prophets of Baal after that God answered Elijah by fire. We find then that Elijah began to pray that the rain would come. And he went to Mount Carmel and he, him and his servant. And he said unto his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And when he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. He said, Go again. And don't go back just one more time, but you just continue going. And the Bible said that he went up again seven times. He went up the second time, come back, and he said, nothing. He went up the third time, come back, nothing. He went up the fourth time, fifth time, sixth time, come back. And Elijah said, what do you see? And the servant said, I see absolutely nothing. But then, and it came to pass at the seventh time, behold, there ariseth a cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he came back and he told Elijah what he was seeing. I don't know if the servant actually seen a cloud but he's seen a vision. It could have been something that God just anointed his mind and his spirit to see something that was not really there. And a lot of people say it was a cloud the size of a man's hand, but the scripture said it was a cloud like a man's hand. And he said, go! And that's all that the prophet needed to hear. Now you're seeing what God Want you to see. And he said go say unto Ahab. Prepare the chariot. And get thee down. The, the rain. That the rain stop thee not. For I hear an abundance of rain. Amen. But first what had to happen. Not only the prophet. The prophet Elijah knew what was going to take place. He knew that God was going to answer his prayer. With rain. But first he had to convince the servant. Servant, you've got to go out and you've got to see something. Amen. You've got to come back and tell me. Hey, I've got a glimpse of a vision. I want to tell the first Pentecostal church in Sealsby, Texas today. Amen. It's not just important that the preacher have a vision. That the evangelist has a vision. But it is important that the church of the living God says, my best days are not behind me, but my better days are yet before me. I've got a vision of what God is going to do in 
Thank you for three of you that has a vision. Actually, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That has a vision. I want to see God do something. We are stuck in yesteryear. We are stuck in verbal beans revival. Excuse me, brother, verbal beans revival. And that is good. A lot of you are here, recipients of that today. Amen. What God did back then, but let me tell you, the Holy Ghost did not die with Apostle Paul. The Holy Ghost revival did not die with Apostle Peter. And revival did not die with the brother verbal bean. Amen. It's still real. It's still powerful. Amen. God is still working. Thank you. We got up to 35. We're climbing. We got a long ways to go and a short time to get there. Amen. But we are stuck in what used to happen, what used to take place. You, people used to pray. People used to go to church all night. You ever heard that? We used to have church at 12 o'clock at night. Oh, blessed Jesus, if we had it, you that used to have it wouldn't stay here for it. Thank you. But we used to. Praise God. We used to. We used to run. We used to shout. We used to worship. We used to praise. We used to magnify God. We used to run the backs of the preachers. We used to swing from the chandeliers. We used to have signs, wonders, and miracles. We used to do this. We used to go there. We used to have this. We used to enjoy that. The reason why you are living in used to is because you have forgot your vision. I want to tell you, God is trying to stir up something in each and every one of us today to let us know that it is important that we envision the power of God working like it's never worked before. That the Holy Ghost is being poured out like it's never been poured out before. I want to tell you, revival is still happening. The Holy Ghost is still working. God is still performing miracles. If some way, if some way we could get a vision, amen, now you can say what you want to about Dr. Martin Luther King. And you can criticize him and ridicule him. But a lot of things I read in history about him, he was 100% correct. I think people have taken it way off, off course to what he was wanting. He wanted people to be equal. He wanted equal rights to work, to do a good, to have, and to succeed in life, which I am 100% Amen. But you know what started it out? He said, I've got a dream. Amen. I have seen something. I have envisioned something. I have got a hold of something that is driving me, that is compelling me. Amen. Some of you parents need to get a dream, a vision of your children worshiping. Amen. You've got to get a vision of your children coming back to God. Amen. That's my boy. That's my girl. Amen. Revival is still going to happen. It's not over devil I'm not giving up I'm not giving in I'm not quitting I'm not turning around I'm still going to see it happen but servant you 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 
Everybody point your finger at, at you. This is me. I, I have got to get a vision. With no vision, people perish. What happened to the children of Israel when they were captive by the Egyptians? Oh well, some of you are captive by the devil. And you're in a state, you're saying, oh well, this is the way I am. This is the way I'm always going to be. I'll never have victory. I'll never, I'll never have peace in my life. Something is always going wrong. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen to me. I'm just waiting for the next thing to happen. Next tragedy to come in my life. Next mistake. Next heartache. I just, I just can't get my head above water. Amen. Some of you are in trouble and you like it's a reason why you're there. I like it. Oh, I'm not happy unless I got a stink stirred up. I'm not happy unless I'm gossiping. I'm not happy unless I got a problem to talk about. I'm not happy until I'm airing out all my dirty laundry. And then you wonder why. Why don't anybody like me? Why don't anybody want to hang around me? I know why they want to, don't want to hang around you. Uh, it's because you're like a poisonous viper. Uh, amen. Spitting your venom. Hey, the church of God is moving on. Uh, amen. The church of God is victorious. Uh, the church of God is powerful. Uh, amen. We're not about to quit. Uh, we're not about to turn around. We're not about to stop, but we will be victorious. A vision. Servant, you have got to go out until you bring me a report of seeing something. Just another Wednesday night. Oh, I'm going to go to church today. Just another Sunday morning. Just another Sunday night. I'm just going to go to church. But you've got to go. You've got to get in that prayer room until you get locked on. Something's about to happen. Something's about to break. Oh, it's going to be my baby. It's going to get the Holy Ghost tonight. It's going to be my loved one. It's going to be my neighbor. It's going to be my wife. It's going to be my husband. I'm going after my... I feel it in the Holy Ghost. I, I feel like something is about to happen. Why? Because I've got a vision. I've been talking to God. Zacharias, come out of the house of God. He said, I can't say anything. But I've been talking to God. I've got a vision. I've seen something. I can't explain it. I can't tell you the way that I feel. But something is going on. Something is powerful. Something is mighty. Something is taking place. In my life. Woe is me. Nobody likes me. Woe is me. I'm just born unto truth. I'm born unto 
being poor. I'm born until my car always breaking down. I'm born that every time I try to go somewhere, I have a flat. Woe is me. I can just get back. There's never been a time in society when we have the opportunity to reach more than the day. We can reach people by just sitting here. Y'all thirsty? We can reach people by right now while the service is going on here. No, no telling who's who's listening. We can reach people over the internet. We can reach people in our community. We can reach people over the radio. Many ways to reach people, but we're sitting here saying, best days are behind us. It's all gone. This younger generation is worthless. Confess, parents, They'll never work like their daddy. I asked one young man, one young man, he's a little older than me, very young man. I said, well, what about your son? He's made a lot of money in his life. I said, is he the worker that you are? Not even close. He's probably already made a million dollars in his life, but he's not even close to his daddy. When my kids make that much money, I'm going to say, brother, them, them kids are right. <laughs> but, but we say, no, 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 this younger generation, when you, man, I went to the mall yesterday, I thought I was at the freak show. I thought it was one of them side shows at the circus, come see the four-headed monster. Come see the boy who thinks he's a girl. That's about what it was. I looked in their pants hanging down to there. Their hat turned sideways. Rings here, 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 here. Look like they had safety pins just holding them together. People is crazy. And that's the reason why we look and say... Man, what is the world coming to? But remember, remember in your day, they come in there, they was tripping over their britches because they had too much material in the bottom of them. People looked like they was walking around on stilts because they had no feet. Their collars come way down to about their shoulder. They had hair hanging everywhere they... But somewhere, somebody has got to get a vision. And we have got to start transferring it from, hey, the servants got a vision. Now, now the prophet already knew what was going to happen, but he sent the servant back. And after seven times and much prayer, the servant come back and said, I see a cloud that looks like a man's head. Now we got the servant getting it. 
Now you go tell Ahab. And when you tell Ahab, tell him to hurry up because the rain is coming and we don't want the king to get wet. Ahab's in his chariot now. Oh, well, I got plenty of time. And all of a sudden, here comes the rain. When you start transferring the vision, the vision goes from the prophet. The servant gets it, then he starts taking it to the others. And then everybody starts catching on. And when we start envisioning these things happening, we look up at the sky, and the sky starts getting black. And the clouds start rolling in. And, and the rain starts coming down. Why? Because somebody got a whole vision. The need for vision. It's good to dream big. It's always good to dream big. But the main thing is that we just keep on It's not much, Elijah, but I do see a cloud. It kind of looks like a man's hand. That's all you need. Now you got it. You grasp hold of what I'm trying to do. You've touched on this. You've locked in. You see it happening. You see it coming. It's out there over the sea and it's rolling in. Now you take off and run and tell somebody else what God is. What God is about to do. What God is working on. It always amazes me when somebody gets the Holy Ghost. What they want to do. Man, did you see what happened to me? Did you see what God did in my life? And they go out and they tell their friends, Brother Kurt, you told anybody what happened to you? He was sitting there just, just on New Year's. Eve into New Year's morning. And he said, this is a lot different than what I was last year. But I can, I can remember a mother sitting right over there about where Brother Baker, Sister Baker is. And she was, pray for my, my son. He's in trouble. He needs God's help. Don't don't forget, don't forget my son. And she got a glimpse of what God was about to do in her life. And the vision started taking form. And one day he walks in and he's sitting in the house of God. Woo! The need for a vision. We've got to get a glimpse of what God is wanting to do. You say, oh, God's through. God is not through. God's about to work a miracle. God's about to set somebody free. God's about to send revival. God's about to send an outpouring of His Spirit. I'm trying to hurry. I am. I've been working on this a long time and I am wound tight. Whew, you know, it's been three weeks since I preached. Mm. But you've got to preach when you feel it. 
<laughs> it's hard to preach when you don't feel it, but I feel, I feel that God is wanting us to get a glimpse of what God is wanting for this church and what God is trying to do. Oh, but look at you're going to have trouble. There's going to be problems, but you can't take your eyes off of the vision of what God is going to do. Then we find that Elisha, which was one of Elijah's servants, he's in a bad place. He's surrounded by the enemy. When the servant of the man of God was risen early. Whoo, what a servant. When the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city about with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Elias, master, how shall we do? They're everywhere. The host had gathered around the city where the prophet Elisha was. They were coming after him, buddy. They were mad at him. They were ready to kill him because he had a vision of what God wanted to do with his people. Hmm. So there he runs in telling Elisha, they're everywhere. And he answered, fear not. This is what the prophet said, fear not. For they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Elisha, now look, I respect you and all. But when you got out of bed, did you bump your head? Look out that window, brother. There's chariots. All we see is the enemy. The atmosphere. There will always look. Devil's in place. Devil's taking place. Devil's Failed to realize that God said, I'm going to raise up a standard. What's going on? Servant. Let me let me explain to you. Elisha took his servant and he prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. Open his eyes that he may see. What is a vision? A vision is something that you see that's not. Lord, open his eyes. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. When the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. He goes out on the same porch, and he looks at the same thing, but this time he is looking anointed eyes of the servant. And he is, it has been transferred what the prophet has said. Now the servant 
Wow. Elisha. You're not going to believe this. Come look. I've been seeing it all the time. But God has transferred the anointing to you when you are seeing what God wants you to see and not what the devil. Too many of you are looking through the wrong eyes. The devil has blinded our vision where we have a beautiful building. And ain't it pretty? It's so nice. It's never just right for everybody, but if we can make it beautiful lights, beautiful beautiful gifts, my friend. Beautiful, beautiful lobby, beautiful bunch of people. And then we get to the place and the devil says, this is I'm dead and gone. I don't want to stop from what I've been able to accomplish. There is so much that God has stored. If some way you could get a glimpse of what God is wanting to do, God When you wake up in the morning, I'm not seeing things like I used to see. I'm not experiencing things like everything's not dead, dry, dull, terrible. Everything's not horrible. Everything's not going to hell in a handbasket. Everything's not bad. My kids are not all wrong. Everybody's not bad. Everybody don't hate me no more. What happened? It's not that everybody changed. It's that you changed. You got a vision of not the way that it is, but where God has taken me and what God is going to do with me and what God is doing in my life. I may be in trouble now, but I don't have to stay in trouble. I I might have heartache now, but I don't have to always have heartache. I may not can shout right now, but give me a moment. Let me get refocused. Let me get reinstated with God. Let me get another glimpse of what God is wanting to do. And brother, I can shout. I may not jump as high as I used to, but I'm going to pat my foot. I'm going to stomp the devil. I'm going to stand up in the face of the devil and let the devil know I've got the victory. I've got a vision. I'm not over. I'm not done. I'm not thrown in the towel. I am Pressing through to victory. God has things that He wants to do for us in 2019. The best is not behind us. 
Malachi 4 and 1, it says, But in the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established. I'm getting ready to read it. Don't say praise the Lord. Brother McDaniel, was that you? Now, I can remember when I was a little boy. I'm not near as long-winded as Brother McDaniel. But in the last day, let me do that again before I was so rudely interrupted. The mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established. Let me read that again. But in the last days, it shall come. In the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains. And it shall be exalted above the hills. Nobody wants to go to church anymore. I invite people and they don't want to go. But this is what the scripture says. And the people shall flow unto it. The house of God is going to be established on the top of the mountain. And the people are going to flow. Too many of you are living in the great falling away to get a vision. Hey, God's still pouring out revival. John chapter 7, verse 37, it says, In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. In what day? In the last day. Acts chapter 2. I read this in the Old Testament a while ago. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days saith God. In what day? Anybody else out there? In what day? In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my Spirit upon what? Oh. Are we past the last days? I agree with you. We're living in the last days, but we're not past the last days. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Some of you parents, some of you parents that your children are not here this morning due to the enemy and the adversary of your life need to read this. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. The 
devil might be enjoying his little time right now, but I'm getting refocused. I'm getting I'm getting zoomed in on what God has called me to do. I'm I'm getting I'm getting a vision of what God wants to do with my life. I'm tired of just going through the motions. I'm tired of just sitting back and letting somebody else do it. I'm tired of just being in a relaxed, nonchalant attitude and atmosphere in my life. Getting a vision. I see it, God. I see it, God. I see. I can see it happening. I can feel it happening. I can I can feel it in the atmosphere. I can see it going on. I can see it taking place. Some of you just need to look through some spiritual eyes and that person that you've been praying for, that sister, that that brother, that that husband, that wife, that daughter, that son, that niece, that nephew that you've been praying for. Just just get tunnel vision right now and just see them walking into the house. The devil says it won't ever happen. Do what? You tell me you're believing what the devil has told you? Some of you that's in trouble in your life, you need to envision, hey, it's not going to stay this way. It's not going to rain forever. I'm not going to be sick forever. I'm not going to be broke all my life. I'm not going to be down and out all my life. I'm not going to be depressed all my life. Victory is coming. I can imagine myself happy. I can see myself experiencing the glory and the power of God. I can experience myself feeling good again. In the last days, God said people's going to slow to the house of God. What do you think? What do you think Malachi was talking about? He was talking about the day and the hour that we are living in now after the pouring out of the Holy Ghost. Your young men shall see visions. The Bible just turned it around from the Old Testament to the New Testament, it said the old men is going to bring dreams. Now he said the young men is going to see this. It's important. It's important. You're not going to be able to live off of your mom's and daddy's dream. You're going to live off of mama's and daddy's estate. What they have accomplished in my life. What they leave me for an inheritance. Let the old men keep on dreaming dreams, whatever you do. Elders, don't stop dreaming. But young men, let me tell you, young young people, younger generation, 
Let me tell you, get a vision. Get a vision. Get a vision. I'm focused. I'm not going to let the devil distract my attention and destroy my life and destroy my family and destroy my kids and destroy my church. I've got a vision. God is about to work. God is about to do something. I want to tell you this morning, I, I, want, I want everybody, everybody to stand in this place right now. Let's please I don't know if you're feeling the urgency and the, the anointing that I'm feeling this morning. We were discussing last night. I said, I, I just don't know. I don't have the ability to transfer what I am feeling and my vision. How do I how do I transfer it? What God has put in my heart and what God wants you to get a glimpse of today. And I've prayed, God, please, please, God, let me let me be able to transfer. But I'm sending you out again. Like Elijah sent his servant out seven, it was seven times. Seven times he says, go out and come back and tell me what you see. Maybe Elijah was wondering, man, is he ever going to get the vision? And he comes back, sorry Elijah, just don't see it. I want you to go look again. And I challenge this church this morning. Look again. Look again. Get in the prayer room again. Get in the mind of worship again. Get in the mind and the will of God again. And come back and tell me what you see. Some of you just come back and said, I don't see anything. It's bleak out there. Nothing but wide open spaces. I want you to pray. I want you to get a vision. Hallelujah. Let's reach out to the Lord. Holy Ghost, help us today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe you might want to step out from where you're sitting right or where you're standing right now and say, Anoint mine eyes, oh God. I've been looking I've been looking at a bleak situation. I've been looking at gloomy and gloomy skies, oh God. It's been so Oh, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, work right now, Lord. 